0: And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee.
1: God really began to speak to me about issues that we're having in our nation. You know, we, in a matter of two weeks, have had two tragedies that have plagued our nation, and one tragedy particularly affected a great amount of kids. Um, that makes this life here terrifying for some kids because a lot of those kids are, and a lot of those parents and a lot of those families are affected for the rest of their lives now. Never to be the same. But how do we respond, amen? How do we respond as people? How do we respond as people in faith to help them to recover, to help them to get through these times? And God showed me this scripture here which is a very common, common scripture within the Israelite faith. And he just showed me that we need to really instill something in our kids so they won't be lost when stuff like this happens. You know, it it is one thing to see tragedy, it's another thing to respond to that tragedy. You know, we can't just sit there idly by while things happen to us. We have to work this faith. As pastor tells me all the time, you have to work it. Amen. (laughs) So, you know, this is our scripture today that we're going to focus on and we're seeing how they work the faith. Amen. So I'm going to read the scripture that I'm going to read today in its entirety and then we're going to go back and break it down. Again, we're in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, and then we're going to conclude through verse 9. And the verse says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart and thou shalt teach them diligently until thy children and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in the house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou raises up and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hands and ye shall be as fortlets, as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and upon thy gates. Amen. Let the word of God be true and everything else be a lie. Amen. Amen. So if we jump back up to verse four, we start with a very, very popular Uh, word of God that the Israelites received, amen. Um, Here we have what is known most commonly in the Israelite faith as the Shema, amen. So the Shema is really verses four and five, um, but even more so, the Shema is the very first word we see here, Mm -hmm. here, amen. Mm -hmm. The Shema is a word that literally in Hebrew is a strong word that says focus your ear to hear what I'm about to say amen. amen so you know a lot of times in our English language we would take things very lightly but in the Hebrew language they say words like this and they mean it. amen, amen. so when they say here that means I need your attention yes. you know I, I think of a lot of times when you know you're you're your, your spouse or your mom calls you in the house, she's like, hey, you hear me? <laughs> you know, and then, you know, we, we're doing what we're doing, right? But some of us aren't really focused on and hearing what they're saying. They can be speaking to us, but they're, they're not re- you're not really focused on what they're actually saying, amen? So in the word, in the Hebrew here, this is a word that means that I better have your attention because I'm about to tell you something that you need to hear. Amen. amen. So, you know, God is just doing a great work here when He says this. So, you know, and I love how it's said in uh, Hebrew. He says, "Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad." Amen. Same thing that's there, but it's stronger in my opinion when it's said in Hebrew. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He's saying here that I need you to focus. <laughs> Amen. Alright, so what, what do we have going on here? So we have uh in, in Deuteronomy here, Deuteronomy is a, a very good book for a review uh, before the children of Israel are going to go into the promised land. All right. So Moses is instructed by God to tell them a series of things before they go into the promised land and one of the main things that he tells them is this Shema all right so we have here explaining that I have your attention then he says oh Israel explaining who we're talking to and then what we have next It, it may seem simple to us but to the Israelites this was very important amen It says the Lord, our God, is one God. Now, for us on this side of the cross, a lot of us can understand that. But for that culture, they had a very big problem with idolatry, Amen. They had a very big problem with understanding and staying constant and consistent with serving God. So in the Hebrew, this is saying, like, I am the only true God. I am the only one that has created anything. I am the only one that has done anything for you. So I need you to hear this and remember this before you go into the promised land. Because if you don't remember this, you're going to have a lot of problems when you get in that promised land. If you don't remember this, you're going to have people going after you day after day, night after night. And it's because you did not understand that I am the only true living God. So again, it seems like a very simple verse to us. But for the Israelites, it's saying, hey, I'm God and there's no God above me. Amen. Amen. So now that we understand that, we move on to verse five. We understand that we got the Israelites attention. We understand that God is the only God. How? do we serve this one and true God? What actions must we do in order to serve this one and true God? So in verse 5 it says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Thank you, Paz. (laughs) So we see here there's an emphasis right here on the word all, amen. Now, we can't be halfway with God, amen. We can't be sometime with God. We have to give God our all and all. So what does that mean? We have to give God all of our heart. We have to give him what we feel in our heart, what we feel right now in our emotions. We have to give him all of our soul, how we think, how we, how we know things, how we process things. And we have to give him all of our might, our physical strength. We have to give it all to him and surrender to what he says in his word. Because that's the only thing that's going to help you get through these tumultuous times. That's the only thing that's going to help you survive when we have people dying before our very eyes. You know, as I was, you know, thinking about the the tragedies, I, I was, you know, I was looking at the news and, I saw the other day that I, I thought there was just eighteen people that died in that uh, UV Texas, but apparently the number got up to twenty-one. Three more souls, three more people that went before the time. You, you best believe God. That's not God's intention. That's not what God wanted for them. And now nah, I don't want to jump ahead. I don't want to jump ahead. Amen. So we have Israel with this charge. Amen. They're called to love God with every single thing they have within them. With every single part of their being. And this is not only a request. This is a command. You know, when we talk about things like this, we we see... I like to see it, how it transitions over into Christ. So Christ told the same thing to a group of Sadducees and Pharisees that were questioning him. Amen. He, he told his very same thing to, over to them over in Mark 12. Amen. If You could go to Mark 12, starting at verse 28. Amen. He was around a group of scribes and Pharisees that were getting on him, asking him various questions, asking him various things. And they thought they were going to stump Jesus. <laughs> no, sir. So in verse 28, he says, uh, we start with uh, some context here. And it says, and one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered all, them well, asked, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus asked him and said, the first commandment of all the commandments is Hear, O Israel. Uh-huh. The Lord our God is one, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. Uh-huh. That sounds familiar, don't it? Yeah. This is the first commandment. Uh-huh. First, uh-huh. And in more context, it said, in 31, it says, and the same is like, namely, and the same is then like, namely this, thou shalt love thy number as, thy number as thyself. And, and there is none other commandment greater than these. has no commandment greater than these. So of all the stuff that Jesus has taught, amen, and Jesus has taught a myriad of things. Jesus has healed a lot of people. Jesus has saved a lot of people. But he's telling of all the commandments that I have, the greatest are these two. So what what does that tell us? The, the, the new Israel, the new people that live on this side. We must take these concepts, take these thought processes and put them into our soul, Amen. put them into our spirit, Amen. apply it to our day to day lives. Amen. Because it's a command. Yes. It's not a suggestion. Amen. These are the things that are going to help yeah. us get through when times gets tough. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on See, we got to stop thinking that God is just, you know, saying stuff idly. He he doesn't say stuff idly. He says things for our benefit. He He says things to prosper us and move us forward in life. So we don't have to continually be in one state and live in a state of terror and destruction. So we we understand this concept now, right? I hope we do. We understand this concept. So now that we understand this concept, what are we to do with the things that God has given us? Let's jump back to our scripture today. Let's go down to verse five, uh, verse six. So again, we, we learned why it was a command. Amen. He said, these words, I command thee this day. And they shall be in your heart. All right. So you see those semicolons there. They're in the heart, right? This, these are, the Shema is the words that we learned before. It's in our heart now. What are we to do with those words that are now in our heart? Amen. And it starts with verse 7. Amen. That's really what we're going to kind of focus on and hinge our thing for today. Verse 7, it says, and thou shalt teach them diligently until thy children. Now, the word diligently, you know, it's funny how words come up over and over in your life. I remember when I was younger, I I was in a spelling bee and I won a spelling bee off the word diligent. (laughs) Now, that, 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 that may not seem significant to you, but that was very significant to me. I'm like, Lord, you are hilarious. You know, one day I'm I'm spelling the word diligent li- diligent, and then the next day I'm preaching about why it's important to teach this diligently to the children. Now, when we could see God's purpose in your life, you can begin to see that that spelling bee I had when I was oh probably second third grade was setting me up for right now. Can you see that there are people? That God puts in your life in order to get you to another step. Amen. There are things that God takes you through in order to get, get you to another step. There are things that God does for you in order to get you to another step. All right. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slow it down. So I, I, I learned this word diligent. Amen. I learned, you know, randomly, I thought then, but it was God's purpose that I knew the word diligent. So what does the word diligent mean? Amen. That means that when you learn it, I mean, excuse me, when you're teaching this to your children, you are teaching it with everything that you got. You're proud of what you're teaching them. You're honored by what you're teaching them and you're doing it over and over and over and over again until they understand the message. Until it sits down in their brain. Because sometimes the kids don't always understand on the first go. That's okay. That's life. We don't always understand on the first go. God is a God of grace and he gives us numerous chances to get this thing right. So then, once we understand what it means to be diligently teaching our children, God's going to give us more instructions. Amen. He's going to show us how to do this thing.
0: You,
1: you must know that God is never just abandoning us. I man He he's not just giving us something and not telling us how to do it, amen. You know, sometimes we gotta seek it out. Sometimes we gotta dig a little harder, but he's not just gonna give us an idle command and not give us everything we need to work, fulfill that command. Amen. So what do we do when we diligently teach our children? All right, so we, we start going down in the verse. it says, and you shall talk with them while thou sittest in, <laughs> <sin> is in thine house. That's our first point. <clears throat> you shall talk with them while you sittest in the house. You know, one thing that I remember coming up is that we always used to have like a, a family game night. Right. And we always used to, um, you know, sit around and, you know, really Talk about our day, you know, talk about the things that were, were going on in our lives. Um, but according to the scripture, there must be conversation about God, amen. There must be conversation about the Shema, Amen. The, the things in the Shema about digitally loving the God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. There must be conversation in the house. You know, growing up for me, home was sanctuary. I, I was a homebody. I loved to be home. I love to be home. It because it was an environment that spoke the truth. It was an environment that spoke God. Amen. And we as parents, we as teachers, we as leaders in the community must be providing this for children. They must have somewhere where they're hearing God all the time. Amen. So we move on forward. And it says, and when thou walketh by the way, are we spending time with our children as we walk by the way? You know, i, I recall to David when he is uh, finally remembering in the, his last days. You know, David was a, a man after God's own heart, but he had some jacked up children. Amen. He had some children that, that, you know, they did some things that, you know, we, we look, at, look at them in shame today, amen. You know, and all the things God and all the things they was doing for the community, the people, you know, is nothing really explicitly written that he was doing for his children, you know. And, and I'm, I'm not going to disregard it as if he didn't do anything, but the scripture doesn't quote it as if he was taking the time to sup with his child. Taking the time to walk by the wayside with his child, we have to do these things. It's at the house. Walking by the wayside means we're out the house now, amen. So that that can be you riding in the car with your child, amen. You saying, you know, y'all y'all playing a fun little game of Bible scriptures, or y'all listening to the gospel music and, and singing it to the top of your lungs. You're 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 putting the seed. Of love for God in their hearts when you're doing this thing. You're turning the love of God into them. So when they're old, according to the Bible, it says they won't depart from knowing these things. And then it says, When thou layest down, now and one thing that, you know, my parents always did was we said our prayers before we went to bed. Amen. But let's add to that. Let's 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 have some time where we're spending some time in the word with our children. Amen. Let's spend some time teaching them that. It's time to lay down and take God's word in. You know, there's a study I have here that says that you retain more information once it's, if you say it right before you go to bed. You retain that information and that that information will soak into your head. So why can't we have a few scriptures that were said on our on our children right before we lay down? Why can't we have some time where we're we're sitting there having them soak in the word of God? Because honestly, what we do with them now, they on that phone right before bed or, or they playing a game right before bed. They're getting images and thoughts in their mind that will corrupt them, amen. Images and thoughts that that are not healthy in the long run. We, as parents, we, as leaders of the community, have to control this content. That's right, that's right. Again, if the individual that can take the life of 21 people had somebody that can put the word in their house or put the word while they walk by the way or put it when they lie us down, maybe he wouldn't have killed those 21 people. Was there no one in his community? Was there no one in his house? Don't you think that God is using us to create something you know, Elder, uh, Elder Beldo mentioned Whitney Houston in uh, <laughs> in the in Bible study this morning. I mean, uh, excuse me, Sunday school this morning. And it made me immediately think about, she says, our children are the future, amen. But what are we doing with their future? If we're not still in these policies, these things in them. When that lies down and when thy raises up, So you get them when they go down, you get them when they come up. Amen. Amen. We're getting ready for, we're getting ready for, uh, for school, for, for class, whatever. We're brushing our teeth in there. We're singing spiritual songs, teaching them to, to, to speak in tongues. Amen. Teaching them the ways of the world, but showing them God in everything. And then we get to verse 8. Now, I love verse eight here. Now, some people, when I see this, it says thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. Now, the Israel, excuse me, the Hebrew people took this very literally and they they produce what is known as phylacteries. Amen. So they would literally have little card boxes with scripture and common Torah things on their hands and they have them right here in the front lines of their mind. Um, but it, as literal as you want to take it, it's a symbol. What is the symbol? Everything you touch should be in reverence to God, amen? Everything that you show your kids, it should be, it should be fine-tuned by your hand Because you know that you've taken the time to understand that I have to give them something with my hand. I have to give them something that really means something. And when it says the front lens between your eyes, where is that? That's your mind. That means that your mind is focused, amen. That means your mind is always thinking of these kids and thinking what you need to do for them, amen. And what you have to instill in them, amen. You're always doing that. Binding means that I have tattooed this onto my mind, amen. I've tattooed on this onto my hand and we shall have a culture and we shall have a, a spirit of God in this house. Amen. Yes. amen. See, when we have this, you know, the kids may, may buck you, amen. They may. But you have to stand firm on your word because it's the best thing for them. It's the best thing not just for them, but for you. When you've taken the time to love the God, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and then you've passed on this legacy to them. That's work for you too. You know how many things I've learned out throughout my life that I learned over time, Amen time and time again going back to the word over and over and over again. Seeing this scripture and then seeing it for the first time in fresh eyes today. See this is not just for the kids here. This is for you. This isn't to enrich you. See When we begin to see this as a collective effort, amen, you know, you don't see it as a task to serve the Lord. The kids won't begin to see it as a task to serve the Lord. It's not just emotion that we go through. Jesus is our life. Jesus is what we should live and breathe every step that we take. And as we go on to verse nine, Verse nine, we see that you shall write it upon the post of thy house and upon thy gate. That means that the people that are on the outside see that that house right there is blessed. That means that they don't just see it right when they get up on you. That means they can see it from a far way away. It's at your gates. The word of God is at your gates. When you enter into that gate, when you enter into that threshold, now when you're in that bed, amen, now when your every single place of your home is saturated with the word of God. That's the job of us as parents or us as community leaders, or us as people that are inspiring children. We have to provide something for them to hold on to. Glory be to God. Jesus is good. You know, as I begin to wrap up, the the things I have seen for this country um sometimes it saddens me because I I, I see that there were opportunities that, that we could have had with these kids. There were opportunities that we, we should have made when we were addressing these kids. And unfortunately if our generation Doesn't do something. Then the next generation will be just a little bit worse. (laughs) It's a cycle. It's a cycle. Nothing is new under the sun. Our job is to realize how important we are to that cycle. You have to believe that God wanted you. So he sent Jesus to save you. So now that you're saved, there's a job, a responsibility for each and every one of us. Because if not, it comes with a cost. 21. I'm not even talking about the ones in Buffalo, but the thing, the ones in Uvalde, as they call it, Uvalde, whatever you call it. 21, mostly kids. Lost dreams, lost opportunities. I pose you with a question in my closing. What type of environment are we providing for our kids? What type of environment do we want our kids to see? They shouldn't have to see an environment that has them in constant fear, because that is what the enemy would have us to do right now. After something like that. Wants us to live in fear. Wants us to live in terror. No, we don't live in terror. We fight. And we believe God's word will come true. We believe God's word will work in us and work through us. Amen. So this don't have to happen again. God wants us to have him work in us day by day by day. And if we're doing that job, then we're going to pass that legacy on to our kids. Amen. God is good and there is none above him. So take time to understand that God is pouring something, God is depositing something, God is putting something in your heart amen, use that tool, use whatever that is that God has for you and work with it don't just sit on it work with it, amen
0: please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new?